It's time to wake up, witches. I'm your host, Kat Adams, and I'm here to remind you that no matter where you're at in life, you're not stuck. coming to you at noon instead of like 5 a.m. this time because I just got up. And no, I did not actually sleep till noon. I think that would make me feel kind of sick. But I actually got up super early today because I was telling my sweet little girl bye. She's going um, to her aunt's, my sister's house, for two weeks. And I am pretty heartbroken because I am going to miss her so, 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 so much. So I've been a little bit bummed this morning. And after she left, um, I, of course, scrolled Reddit until I fell asleep And here I am ready to talk to you about all things. Again, is my husband abusive or is he just an asshole? But first, let me tell you about something I stumbled upon that you might um, want to check out. And it's called changetheref.org. So change the ref.org. Org. So it says, Change the Ref raises awareness about mass shootings and works to reduce the influence of the NRA and gun manufacturers through strategic interventions and by using art as a form of communication. If you go to the website, you're, you're going to see that they have a children's book. It's not a children's book, though. It is a picture book called Joe, Joe Quinn's. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to be able to pronounce this little kid's name. So-and-so's first school shooting, and it is horrific. It is a horrific picture book made for adults, and you can actually go to this website, and let me read you a little bit about the book. It says, a children's book to explain gun violence to childish politicians. American politicians funded by pro-gun organizations either refuse to acknowledge the urgent need for stricter gun control laws. That's why we decided to explain it to them in the easiest way possible, as if they were five years old. We tell the tragic story of Guac Oliver, one of 14 students killed in a high school mass shooting in Parkland, Florida. Instead of finger holes to help kids turn the pages, bullet holes bore through the entire book, representing the same bullets that cut short, innocent lives. Brutal, I know. It is very brutal, but I'm pretty sure you can buy one of these and send it to your state rep, or you can buy one for yourself, all in the name of a good cause and raising awareness. And like I said, only women particularly moms, are going to make a difference in this world and especially in this country where we have this problem specific to American schools. Because I said it before, I'll say it again. I hate dropping my daughter off at school. I hate it. And I always make sure to say, I love you, build her up, yada, yada, because I'm afraid it's going to be the last time. And I know that is a very real fear and Every parent I've talked to's head, they all say the same thing. So I thought you might like to know about that book. It's just a step in the direction uh, to create some change. Moving on from that tidbit, let's get back to 
abusive assholes. And I hope you ain't dating one. And if you are, life is better on the other side. And that is the whole point of this podcast to show you that and to help build you up. Because I know if you're in these situations, you are feeling down, especially, especially if your abuser uses these tactics against you that we're going to talk about today. And that is all going to be psychological abuse. And yes, I know we're going through the power and control wheel. Psychological abuse isn't really on there, but I believe it could be covered under the using isolation and minimizing, denying, and blame, blaming wedges of this um, power and control will, which if you have not, uh, if you're just now tuning in and you have not heard about that, it is the Duluth model, Duluth model. Y'all, I'm the worst at pronunciation, but it is on... Um, it is in the show notes. It's in the show notes. And you should go back to this full series and start from number one because lots of good, helpful information on there. So let me start talking about psychological abuse and what that means. Basically, it's going to all come down to someone fucking with your mind. And so much in a way that you can't tell anymore up from down. You question your own thoughts, your own beliefs, everything. You question your own eyeballs. You're seeing something. You're like, oh, that bird is blue over there. And then your abuser's like, no, were you crazy? It's not, that's not blue, that's brown. And then you start thinking like, I'm going blind. Oh my gosh, I gotta go to the doctor. That bird's brown. No, you're right, the bird is blue. This is psychological abuse. So I'm not really going to harp on gaslighting too much. I do want to tell you the origins of where that came from, because I think it's super helpful in understanding what exactly gaslighting means. My handy dandy new BFF chat GPT tells me the term gaslighting originated from a play titled Gaslight, written by Patrick Hamilton in 1938. The play was later adapted into films, most notably the 1944 version starring Ingrid Bergman. In the story, a husband manipulates his wife by dimming the gaslights in their home and then denying that the lights are flickering, causing her to doubt her own perception of reality. Hmm, sound familiar? The term gaslighting has since been used to describe a form of psychological manipulation in which an individual or group makes another person question their own sanity, memory, or perception of reality. It involves tactics such as denial, distortion of facts, selective omission, and outright lying to undermine and control the victim's sense of reality. The concept of gaslighting has gained prominence in discussions about emotional abuse and manipulation, particularly in the context of abusive relationships and psychological dynamics. It has widely become a recognized term to describe the subtle and insidious nature of psychological manipulation and the effects it can have on a person's mental well-being. If you're being gaslit, you know your mental well-being is screwed up because it sucks not to know your reality, to have to question every single one of your beliefs. So now that you know what gaslighting is, Maybe you can recognize if that's happening in your relationship. And if you're feeling like what your partner is telling you is not true at all, it's, 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 it's manipulation, manipulation, manipulation and control. A uh, big part of psychological abuse. And remember, we just did our whole uh, podcast topic on emotional abuse and there are differences there. This one is all about your mind. It's all about 
changing your behaviors, your thoughts, your feelings through things like guilt, emotional blackmail, threats to gain compliance and control over you. Um, Verbal abuse also falls under psychological abuse, uh, but that could also be its own like thing. And that's a pretty obvious one. If you're being verbally abused, yeah, pretty much know it. Harsh, demeaning, belittling language to you, calling you a, you know, a bitch or a, a whore or just screaming, raising, raising of their voice. I don't know about you, but I have a reaction to people yelling. Like anytime someone yells, I shut down. And that's because that was one of my favorite things or one of my ex-partner, abusive partner's favorite things was to do was yell because it worked so well and intimidating me because I knew if he kept yelling and raising his voice, it was just going to get worse, worse, worse until it escalated into something physical. So yelling, I mean, that's an obvious sign. Let's talk about some not so obvious. How about isolation? So isolation is, is defined in these terms as the abuser isolates the victim from friends, family, and support networks to exert control. They may discourage or prevent the victim from maintaining relationships or engaging in activities outside the abusive dynamic. Also controlling what you do, who you see, who you talk to, what you read, where you go, limiting your outside involvement, using jealousy to justify their actions. Isolation isn't as always uh, in your face as I'm going to move you away from your family and friends and get you somewhere where you know no one and you can seek no help. Although that happens often. Isolation can be, I am going to, I know you're going to want to go to your friends Friday night. You're going to want to go hang out with the girls Friday night. I don't want you to do that. So I'm going to cause a big fight. And I am going to scream and yell and use all those tactics, that intimidation and those threats and throw a fit. I might even threaten that I'm going to hurt myself if you leave. And I'm going to cause this whole shit storm because then you're going to say, okay, I'm not going to go. And then the next time you're not going to go because you're going to want to avoid that fight because I am isolating you through different tactics so you don't have a choice in going out with your friends or meeting up with people or even talking to others because in an abuser's mind, you know, their ego, it's mostly narcissism, but again, abusers can be narcissists, not narcissists. Everything has to be all about them. You have to be basically stuck up their ass and no one else's. They don't want you to hear outside voices. They don't want anyone to make you question your the healthiness of your relationship. They don't want you to talk, you know, because then you'll one of your friends might say, that's not normal. They don't want you to know that. They're using isolation. And so it's very different tactics they use to isolate you. It can be obvious and it can be more subtle, like causing a big shitstorm fight. I've also actually... And not, I know another abusive man, not my, not my old abuser, but another abusive man who told me he also started fights to get his own way. So if he wanted to go do something, 
say he wanted to go out with the boys because this is, I want to use the exact same scenario that happened. So this man used to go out and get high on drugs, get drunk, come home and be an ass. So naturally his wife, someone very close to me, did not want him going out because she was terrified what's going to happen when he comes home. She was scared. So when he starts talking about wanting to go out, she started to get really nervous and beg him not to and say, you know, what happens, yada, 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 which would make him feel bad. But I think the term for this is cognitive distance. Maybe I'm wrong. It would make him feel bad, but not bad enough to not do it. He knew he shouldn't, but he wanted to do what he wanted to do, even though he he knew that was a bad decision in their marriage. So what he would do would be if he knew he was planning on going out that night, he wouldn't tell her. He would just pick a fight about anything, something stupid. And then he would get so mad and say, I'm leaving. And then he would leave and, you know, not show up until the wee morning hours. And then, you know, the cycle continues, starts screaming and being in his drunken high rages. And so that's how he used fighting, causing a fight to get what he wanted, which is, again, that's another way of using psychological abuse. He was manipulating her so he could go do what he wanted. If you find yourself avoiding your friends and your family because of how your partner might react, like, oh, you're spending too much time with them or, you know, they're jealous or something, or they just do things like cause fights so you avoid going out or they straight up tell you, no, you're not talking to this person or they look through your phone. Who are you talking to? Who are you emailing? Who are you texting? Keeping tabs on your every move to isolate you then yes, your partner is abusive. And he's not just an asshole. He is an abusive asshole. So that's one sign you can look for that is another piece of the psychological abuse as is gaslighting. Other forms of this that's often overlooked is emotional withholding. So things like the silent treatment or the cold shoulder. Those types of things also fall under this category. And I know a lot of women, a lot of women are guilty of the cold shoulder and silent treatment. And again, why do, why do, why do people do silent treatment? It's to get what they want. It's a form of manipulation. I'm not going to talk until I, you know, you apologize to me or you make it up to me in some way. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to pay you any attention. I'm just going to Make you walk on eggshells and be terrified of what my next move is going to be. You're not going to know because I'm all being weird over here and silent. I mean, come on. That is another form of abuse. And like I said, also, I kind of combine these two together that are on this power and control list. I had using, it says using isolation, but there's also the minimizing, denying, and blaming. And I'm going to focus on that because I think, you know, these both fall under psychological abuse. And minimizing, denying, and blaming is right up there with intimidation on popular tactics that these types of men like to use. So power and control will says minimizing, denying, and blaming is making light of the abuse and not taking your concerns about it seriously. 
saying the abuse didn't happen and shifting responsibility for abusive behavior, like saying you caused it. And this is a big one because it's also part of the mind games and manipulation and the crazy making is what it's called because you feel like you're crazy. If you ever start dating a man and he talks about his ex-girlfriends and he says they're crazy, that is a red flag because that is minimizing, denying, and blaming a lot of times. I'm not going to say all the time. Maybe they did date a crazy girl, but a lot of times... No, they think she's crazy because he's the crazy one and he just flipped it around. Red flag, ladies. If he ever says his ex-girlfriends are crazy, especially more than one of them, it's probably him. He's probably the crazy one. So let's jump into minimizing, denying, and blaming. When you live with a dangerous partner, you have to walk on eggshells. We've talked about that. And that kind of encompasses having to navigate their way of thinking because you don't want to set them off. You're walking on eggshells. You're terrified. You're scared. You're going to be somehow that one last straw that is going to make them go into a rage. So you have to protect yourself. And one of the ways you protect yourself is by adopting their way of thinking. It's thinking out scenarios So you can prevent them, even though we know you can't because they're always going to find a way to be abusive. That's how they exert their control over you. It's all about power and control. But unfortunately, what happens when you do adopt their way of thinking is it basically eats you alive because at first you're doing it as a safety measure, but then it turns into that crazy making behavior because you lose your own way of thinking and you're thinking like him now. So while he's telling you, this is your fault, you're overdramatic. Why, why are you doing this to yourself? I'm not hitting you. You're hitting you. You're making me hit you, yada, yada, yada. You start thinking the same. Because what turned, what started as an innocent way of you trying to protect yourself and think, getting to their mind and think, you know, ahead in their line of thinking turns around into now you are really thinking like them and believing that everything is your fault. You have to watch out for that. You have to, have to, have to watch out for that. Do not blame yourself. When you start thinking like him like that, and you all do it, anyone who's been in an abusive relationship does it. It's the walking on eggshells because you're terrified. It just, it turns into this losing yourself piece where you feel like, you start to feel like you you are the cause. Never mind that they're telling you all the time, you're the cause of everything. You believe it because you're looking and seeing and feeling through their being. You're in their mind. You're in their thoughts now. And that's when you start to break down. Anything that goes wrong, any problems in your household, any problems in your relationship and your parenting, whatever, is going to get shifted to you. They are going to blame you for all of that. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be absurd. It can be something stupid. Oh my gosh, you know, your dog pooped on the floor. Guess what? He pooped on the floor because you, that is what your abuser is going to tell you. You, you should have took the dog out. I can't believe you got this damn dog. This is your fault. You wanted the dog. Even if they want a dog, I don't care. They're going to lie. 
mind games and they're going to blame you for everything. And you're thinking like them now. So now you blame you for everything. And then you just like, screw it because you're never going to feel good enough. You've lost your confidence. You've lost your self-worth. You feel like you can't live without him. Add on all the other abuses and you are screwed, but it doesn't have to be that way. If you find yourself saying, if I just took the dog out earlier, I was a few minutes late, I guess, you know, and the dog pooped on the floor. If I was just taking him out a few minutes earlier, if I just took him out more, if I just didn't get the dog, if I just came home at 1230 instead of 1235, he wouldn't have knocked me in the head because I was late. And I shouldn't have been late. That was my fault. I shouldn't have been late. Even if shit happens, I shouldn't have been late. If I just, if you start your sentences with, if I just stop, if you just nothing, you're living your life, you are not responsible for his actions. And no matter what you do, you're always going to be wrong and you're always going to be blamed for it. I don't care if you take the dog out 10 times a day and that dog doesn't shit in your house for the next 15 years, your abuser is going to find a way to blame some dog shit on you. So stop blaming yourself. That is a crazy making big red flag for psychological abuse. If you are blaming yourself, maybe you need to start looking into these abuses and looking, taking a good look at your relationship and asking yourself, is my husband abusive or is he just an asshole? And if he is checking off these red flags that we've been talking about, you got the answer right there. But again, and I'm always going to bring it back to this as well. Why are you asking yourself that question? Does it really matter? You do not want to be with an abusive asshole and you don't want to be with just a plain asshole. Life is so much better on the other side. I hope today I've summed up a lot of the psychological games that these jerks play to break you down to make you feel like you're the bad one, to make you feel like you're the problem, to isolate you from getting help and seeking knowledge and, you know, like I said, controlling what you read, things like that. They do that because they don't want you to have the knowledge on how to leave them. They don't want you to have the knowledge on what exactly is happening to you because they want you to feel like what's happening to you is normal and it's your fault. When reality, it's not. It's them that's the problem you think you're the problem. So that goes back to controlling every aspect of your life, what you read and who you talk to. That's very valuable information they don't want you to know. And I'm here to tell you, you're not the problem. They would not want you listening to this podcast. So I hope if you're listening to this podcast and you're in one of these horrible relationships, please, 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 please stay safe. And uh, you have to know how to navigate safely through these types of situations. And there's tons of local resources, experts out there. I am not an expert. I am just telling you what I know, what I've been there, done that, been through. I'm not an expert. So check out the local sources that I've posted. Um, Not only local sources, nationwide. I think I have a list to all different countries in there uh, for getting help in my show notes. Please check those out. Pass them along to anyone who might also benefit from that information. That's all I got today. 
Until next time, I will see you on the other side. Thank you so much for listening. If you love the show, please leave a rating, a review. And if you know anyone who also might love the show or who could benefit from this information, please be sure to share it and subscribe. The more we get this out to people, the more people we can help. And I truly believe there's so many women who need to hear these words because so many women are feeling stuck. Also, if you're looking for me, you can usually find me on the gram at author Kat Adams and be sure to head over to my website and that's Kat Adams, Adams with a double D's.com. Subscribe to my newsletter for the latest information also, when you subscribe, you're going to get a free novella. And just be forewarned, my raunchy rom-com is as dirty as my mouth. So if that's your thing, go for it. It's super hilarious. But thank you again for tuning in. Until next time, please stay safe and I'll see you on the other side. 